Hello and welcome to the court of the Trashy Royals, where we assemble once again to talk about our betters behaving badly all throughout history. My name is Stacy. Hey friends, I'm Alicia. Thanks for joining us today for another tale of naughty nobles. And today we have to go back to talk about Grand Duke Nicholas. This is Grand Duke Nicholas Konstantinovich. There are a few Grand Duke Nicholases there, through time. So there are, yes. You're going to go look this guy up. This is the Konstantinovich Grand Duke Nicky. This Grand Duke Nicholas was never an emperor of Russia. He was never a czar. He actually, in fact, was a real big embarrassment to <laughs> his family. So much that his family had him declared insane and put into exile a lot. Okay, and by Romanov standards, how far out do you have to be, really? Well, I mean, helpfully for Grand Duke Nicholas, if you're not actually in charge, if you're not the big guy, you tend to live a lot longer. Grand Duke Nicholas lives until the age of 68 mm. with quite a history. Let us anon to the embarrassing Romanov cousin, Grand Duke Nicholas Konstantinovich. Love it. All right, Alicia, so not a redheaded stepchild per se, but something along those lines, perhaps? Not exactly. Grand Duke Nicholas Konstantinovich, believe it or not, I love calling this out, was born on February 14th. He's a Valentine's Day ooh, baby. Ooh. Born in 1850. I bet he's very loving. Probably. He actually is kind of like the nicest guy in all the Romanovs. Oh, okay. Well, that surprises me. Okay. But an embarrassment to the family sure. if you're a Romanov. Right. Okay. Okay. So Grand Duke Nicholas was the Romanov that even the Romanovs were embarrassed of, which is saying something. They're real big into hiding cousin Nicholas because of the damage he may just do to the family's reputation. And I just want you to unpack that for a minute as we've been through. We really have. I, I am. But if you're... Telling me that this is a person who likes to go and pick flowers and tell people they look nice at parties. Maybe maybe he's the outcast. So speaking from what we know of the Romanovs, if this guy is the embarrassment, I hope I have you hooked. They're so mad at Nikki, they have him declared insane and again, sent into exile a lot. So Grand Duke Nicholas, born February 14th, 1850. He's the grandson of Emperor Nicholas I. We covered him a few weeks ago. When this Grand Duke Nicholas, younger, younger man, he is actually celebrated by his family for being the first Romanov to graduate with any type of higher education. Huzzah! Like, did he have to leave the country to get it? Like, how, how, did, a, how did a Romanov get his PhD? Or whatever. Grand Duke Nicholas graduates with a silver medal from the Academy of the General Staff and becomes a squadron commander. Okay, so military school. Oh, yeah, but I mean, still but kind he of a big deal. Silver medal, probably as good as gold. But here's where the trouble begins. Around 1871, 
Grand Duke Nicholas meets a 23-year-old American woman. Oh, no. Her name is Harriet Blackford. We are the worst. I'm so sorry. Harriet was also a professional dancer. Mm. He went by the stage name of Fanny Lear. Oh, wow. Fanny Lear. Nikki, you're in trouble. So much trouble Nikki is. So Fanny had already been married and was raising a child. But Grand Duke Nicky, he doesn't care at all. He is head over <laughs> Lear, over Fanny. He falls hard and begins to throw Fanny Lear these grand parties. And St. Petersburg is scandalized. His royal family and all of high society is kind of looking at Fanny Lear, has a child, professional dancer, They kind of think Fanny Lear is nothing more than a common sex worker, clearly unsuitable for Nicholas even to be seen with, not not to mention a relationship with, but like we, this is N-O-K-D, not our kind, dear. They Uh. just want Fanny Lear out of there. Well, the more everybody hates Fanny Lear, the more Nicholas falls in love with Fanny Lear. Just like every other 21-year-old in the history of the world. That's exactly right. He refuses to end his relationship with Fanny. (laughs) So to put an end to the relationship, Nicholas's father is like, I got a good plan. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) He sends Grand Duke Nicholas to Asia with an expeditionary military force. Oh, good. Well, I mean, to be fair, things go pretty good for Grand Duke Nicholas. He's awarded the Order of St. Vladimir for his display of legendary courage. Hmm. This sounds like the most stand-up Romanov we've met so far. So far. So Nicholas goes to battle, gets the award, returns home, now as a 20-something hero with awards, and immediately reignites his affair with Fanny Lear. Has Nicholas forgotten the sadness, the time, all the days and the moments he's missed with Fanny Lear? I'm guessing no. He has not. So in retaliation for being sent away, Nicholas continues to see Fanny, but now does it even more publicly and with more vigor, should we say. He's a war hero now. Well, and as a war hero. Earned the right to date who I want to date. Come on, mom and dad. You're also going to earn the right to go on a grand tour of Europe. Oh, God. That he takes Fanny Lear. Oh, that's his choice. Okay. Yeah, he's going to go thinking, see the world. Just thinking dad was trying to get him away again. Okay, no, no he packs good. up the girlfriend and gets in the truck, hits Off. the road. Grand Tour of Europe. When Nicholas and Fanny come back to Russia, he is going to rent her a fabulous home in St. Petersburg. They live lavishly. And even with a generous princely income that Nicholas has as royal offspring, It turns out that's not enough to cover the expenses of the way he's spending on his Fanny Lear. So here Nicholas gets an idea. It's not a great idea. Turns out to be a pretty terrible idea. But he's got to put rubles back in his pocket. So Nicholas decides to steal his mother's most prized possession. Which is a... Fancy carriage? An icon of the Virgin Mary surrounded by diamonds. That makes more sense. See, this religious relic, family relic icon, lots of diamonds. Nicholas I, emperor, granddad, 
has given to Alexander's mother. So it's not even, it's not his to take. It's his mother's given to his mother by his grandfather. And it's pretty valuable. So Nicholas is like, great, need some cash, gonna steal this Virgin Mary relic with all the diamonds he does and gives it to his personal assistant to pawn the relic. As Romanov crimes go, this actually is quite minor, even considering that it's a religious relic of both worldly and priceless value. You'd say that. However, mom and dad, very unhappy. With mom and dad and family already pretty unpleased with Nicholas's lifestyle and behavior and Fanny Lear, they know that he is spending money hand over fist, like fever dream spending money. Nicholas naturally becomes the number one suspect for who has taken the family religious diamond relic. Right. So Grand Duke Nicholas is called to mom and dad, interrogated a little bit. Hey, what do you know about this theft? And Grand Duke Nicholas swears on the Bible of his innocence. I feel like lightning strikes at that point when you're talking about the theft of a religious relic, but I guess not. So mom, dad doing a little good cop, bad cop thing happening with Nicholas. And upon further questioning, Nicholas does admit to stealing his mother's relic and pawning it for extra money to spend on Fanny Lear. His father, Constantine, writes in a journal, No remorse, no confession, except when denial was no longer possible. And even then you had to pull it out of him. Bitterness and not a single tear. We begged him for the sake of all that was still sacred to him to alleviate his guilt by sincere repentance and confession. Nothing worked. Okay, in the eyes of Romanovs, this is a big, big deal because not only had Grand Duke Nicholas committed a crime, he'd also committed sacrilege Mm -hmm. by lying while swearing on the Bible. This is bad. Just, uh, most Romanov crimes are significantly more gruesome. Yeah, not a body count with this one. Like, really, as things go, Grand Duke Nicholas, meh. But this is scandal, scandal, scandal. And soon, stories of Grand Duke Nicholas's theft were being spread across St. Petersburg. And it was threatening the, ha-ha, quote-unquote, good name of his royal family. And everybody feels like, whoa, we have got to explain this behavior. We got to figure out a way to put a lid on this. Nicholas's uncle, Alexander II who we will be talking about, is now on the throne. He's the emperor. He's the czar. And Alexander II has a great idea. His solution's real simple. He's like, you know what? We're going to publicly announce that Nicholas suffered from kleptomania, and he's been confirmed to be insane. Yeah, that's perfectly reasonable, sure. Now, this really isn't too much of a stretch for the public to believe because Nicholas's mother... Alexandra, had long been considered throughout Russia to have, wait for it, (laughs) gone crazy from her endless seances. Okay. So, like mother, like son, everybody kind of goes along with this. Yeah, yeah. Emperor Alex II suggests this idea, and who's going to argue with the emperor, right? Like, everybody's fine here. So, a council of physicians was summoned and convened, 
This was headed by a renowned Russian psychiatrist, Ivan Belinsky, who will examine Nicholas and talk to him. He'll write of his diagnosis on August the 12th, 1874. We do not find his highness to show signs of kleptomania, but the patient has clearly developed a hereditary form of insanity. Oh my God. That's what you want the royal house to be known for. So the family never receives a specific diagnosis, and in the paperwork that does still exist, there's some vague, loose phrases like a painful mental disorder, anemia, and a complete nervous breakdown. Very ambiguous is what I'm saying, but having never received a specific diagnosis, Alexander II goes ahead and makes the final decision of what to do with his pesky, embarrassing nephew. Emperor Alex II makes an official decree on December 11, 1874, that stated the Grand Duke, quote, suffers from a disorder of mental abilities, unquote. (laughs) Alexander puts him under the supervision of the Minister of the Interior. He forbids any mention of Nicholas's name and official papers, and his inheritance is now given over to his younger brothers. All that's pretty bad. If that was not enough, Nicholas was stripped of all of his military ranks Hmm. and awards. He's 24 years old at the time. And apparently a war hero. Not anymore. Yeah. Don't have that award to show for it. So after Nicholas was declared insane, he lives in 10 different places. Samara, Crimea, Vladimir province, Uman, this is near Kiev, Venista, Polodosk province, Orenburg. Happily, in 1878, when he's in Orenburg, he'll marry a noble woman. Her name is Nandezhda von Dreyer. I bet the family joked that he stole her heart. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) That was a dumb joke, but I liked it. It was a dumb joke. So he marries Nandezhda, 1878. They live happily two years. Everything's going great. And by 1880... Nicholas's dad had nearly persuaded his brother, the emperor, Alexander II, to forgive Nicholas. This has gone on long enough. Let's just bring him back home. And as such, Grand Duke Nicholas was brought to Sublina, which was closer to St. Petersburg. And his treatment with psychiatrists began again. And everybody's really hopeful that Grand Duke Nicky will soon be reunited in St. Yeah. Can be cured. Of this malady. However. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it really is a hmm. In March of 1881, Tsar Emperor Alexander II was assassinated. And his son, Alexander III, takes over. Now, Alexander III and Grand Duke Nicholas are actually cousins. And Alex III has no intention of forgiving his cousin and doesn't even allow Nicholas to attend his father's funeral. When Emperor Alexander II was assassinated in 1881, Nicholas writes to his cousin, Alexander III, asking to be allowed to come to St. Petersburg to, quote, pray at the ashes of the monarch I adore, unquote. Alex III writes back to his cousin, 
the response that Nicholas received from Alex. You are not worthy of bowing to the ashes of my father who was so cruelly deceived. Do not forget that you dishonored us all. While I am alive, you will never see Petersburg. Hey, sticky fingers, keep your distance. That's it, right? So things get messy. In response to this snub, Grand Duke Nicholas refused to swear allegiance to his cousin, Tsar Alexander III, and this was a crime far greater than the initial theft that got him exiled in the first place. Oh yeah, that's a dangerous game. Alexander III, new Tsar, had his cousin Nicholas certified freshly insane again, and this time puts him in a fortress. A fortress of solitude? Little bit, but it gets worse, because Alex III had only heard about what he'd heard about. Alex didn't know about Nicholas's marriage back in 1878 without his consent. So now Alexander III is super mad and has this marriage officially dissolved by the Holy Synod. So for many years, Grand Duke Nicholas lives in exile in Tashkent in his Fortress of Solitude. Uzbekistan sounds like a (laughs) Fortress of Solitude kind of place. But not necessarily in solitude. Things are a little normal here for Grand Duke Nicholas. According to the memoirs of Prime Minister Sergei Witt, in the region, he, Nicholas, was recognized as smart, intelligent, and relatively unaffected. However, you know, Grand Duke Nicky, come on, he does continue to cause the authorities and his family to question his sanity and motives. <laughs> Once he visited an exiled anarchist and invited him to start a secret political alliance oh, with him to overthrow the government. That's a bad idea. In 1895, Grand Duke Nicholas marries again has three kids, but this isn't going to cause him to settle down and live a normal family life. So let's go back. His cousin, Alexander III, does die. And when this finally happens, Grand Duke Nicholas is more welcome back at court. He begins to be seen in St. Petersburg frequently now. But this is where it gets trashy. Because, right, he's been married, and then he gets married again, and then has kids. But now at the age of 44 years old, Grand Duke Nicholas begins, oh, it just sounds so creepy, a relationship with a 15-year-old schoolgirl from a noble family named Valeria Kalamanskaya. She's 15, he's 44. That's not a relationship. Mm. That's I'm thinking he's still predatory. Not her heart this time. That's not good. Well, despite the appalling age difference and... Him also being Being married, married. Mm -hmm. the couple begins living together. I have children your age. These trivial matters were not going to get in the way of maybe the quite possibly insane Grand Duke Nicholas because he decides he's going to marry Valeria. (laughs) I'm sure the church is like, how many of these you want? As you can imagine, this caused a great deal of scandal For the obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. And everyone was pretty outraged. Mm -hmm. I mean, where to begin with the outrage? Well, he does marry Valeria. Oh, my God. Right? But then the outrage. (laughs) Okay, so they weren't outraged about the right thing then. Well, it, it it, it all happens over a period of time. The 
Marriage to Valeria naturally was annulled because Grand Duke Nicholas was already married, amongst other things. We're just ignoring that she was 15. This time, Grand Duke Nicholas was taken away in handcuffs, examined, and believe it or not, I know it's going to be a big shock. Wow. Once again, declared insane. This time, Nicholas is exiled to Crimea for five years, but not living freely. He's under house arrest. Right, not not exploring the beaches. No. Okay. But after his five years in Crimea, Grand Duke Nicholas goes back to Tashkent, where he really liked it, right? Like, it was fun. He liked the... It was, it was awesome. He had that anarchist buddy... They were gonna. They were gonna overthrow. They were gonna change the world. Everybody's gotta have an anarchist, buddy. We call him Spike. Okay. During. <laughs> so back in Tashkent, these are my peeps. I love this place. Nicholas lives until his death in 1918. Remarkably enough, Nicholas makes several positive changes in the Tashkent community, but also continues having an affair, having a lot of affairs. This will result in at least six confirmed illegitimate children. But talk about some positive contributions. You ready for this? Hit me. You're going to love it. During his exile, Grand Duke Nicholas established a soap factory. Okay. Get in where you fit in, Nick. Everybody needs a little soap. Had we had soap and antibiotics earlier in history? Like, whoa, baby. Okay. Grand Duke Nicholas also starts a soap and cotton textile trade. Okay. Really beneficial. He will construct canals and also teach local Tashkents how to irrigate their fields. Okay. Even better, Grand Duke Nicholas begins an art collection. This starts the art collection of the Museum of Arts in Uzbekistan. Quite a multifaceted person. Mm -hmm. Some current day psychiatrists, looking back on the record and the things, think perhaps that Grand Duke Nicholas suffered from bipolar disorder based on the documents that do still exist. Sure. But again, there's only so many documents you can get. There's not a way to make that diagnosis. Just based on what you told me, I could buy the idea that he would would go into manic episodes, though. Right? Certainly. I just... Fine, I'll just take that to, you know, whatever, get through the thing I need to get through. The relic, I mean, that he stole. The stolen relic. Poor stolen relic. Let's see. Nicholas's official cause of death was pneumonia when he dies January 26th, 1918. God, I feel like I wonder if news of... Because it was December 17 was the revolution, right? So I'm glad you paid attention to that date. Even though the official cause of his death is pneumonia, there is some speculation by a lot of folks that Grand Duke Nicholas was actually shot by the Bolsheviks. Oh, I was going to say got news of what had happened, but okay. Wow, so they may have just been cleaning up any potential contender for power. 1918, we're going to get there. It was a big, big year. Big, big year. There was was. a lot of stuff going on. We've got a few more stories. We're going to get to Alexander the Two. We're going to get to the mingling of England and Russia and how all that happens. But today, let's finish up with the tale of Grand Duke Nicholas Konstantinovich, 
He was buried at St. George's Cathedral in Tashkent. This cathedral was later demolished, so there is no uncovering remains to determine that official cause of death. And that, my darlings, is the Tarashi tale of Grand Duke Nicholas, the embarrassing cousin of the Romanovs, that I really need you to think about what embarrassment is. As for trashy crowns, Mm -hmm. I think that they all belong in that pawned off Mary religious relic, I suppose. Seems right. I honestly just doesn't seem that bad to me compared to the rest of the Romanovs. Yeah, right. Pushing people off Off buildings. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing dogs off roofs. It's Ice palaces. Yeah. So quite quite a bunch. You yeah, zero body count there, apparently. You had a little light theft. You started an art museum and taught people how to do irrigation. That doesn't sound like a bad life for the Romanovs, but eh, what do I know? Yeah. Okay, the pedophilia, not great. He gets a trashy crown or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, our betters behaving badly. Naughty nobles, indeed. Hmm. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. To listen to this unfolding of another (laughs) trashy royal, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you joining us for this fun podcast experiment, how much we appreciate your kind emails and reviews and ratings and telling your friends. Y'all are simply the best. Until we meet again next week, friends, polish up that crown. Keep your hand on your crown and watch out for your trashy cousins, I there guess. There you go. That's good. <laughs> See you next week, friends. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye. Bye.